So what a beautiful meeting. I mean, it's just so beautiful. He's, he's here, and um, you are so loved. So I just want to get straight into it. Um, Connor, if you haven't heard last week's um, message, go to SoundCloud, and please listen to it. Listen to it again and again. Um, he did an outstanding job. Um, even if I wasn't his mo mother, I would say the same thing. It was an outstanding job in delivering and communicating uh, how we can be and have the opportunity to be such a missional p people in every sphere of life. And so this morning I just wanted to maybe a little bit of part two or, or one B, um, just to add something. And it came out of a dream I had about a month ago. I'm not gonna, some of you have uh, I've chatted to you about it, but just one part of the dream was a very significant part, and it stood out to me, and, and it has not left me. And you know when those things happen, you know Holy Spirit wants you to chew on it a bit and digest and go and search it out. And Anyway, the dream was simply this. I was standing on the beach next to the ocean, and a, uh, I think it was an angel of the Lord, could have been Jesus, I don't know, walked out of the ocean and handed me a garment that was drenched in salt water. That was it. Gave me this garment, and I knew without words I was to wear it. It was mine. And it was just drenched with salt water. Lots of other things in the dream, but that thing stood out to me. And it's so funny, everywhere I've been for the last uh, month, three weeks, I just keep seeing salt. Salt, the word salt. Yesterday or the, whenever, yesterday, driving back from somewhere and I see salt restaurant. Salt, never seen it in my life, but there it is, salt. And I wanted to take the letters off the building to take <laughs> up. Um, hey, will you do that? Okay, we'll, we'll arrange it. Okay. And... Um, so yeah, I'm just being, it's just salt everywhere. And uh, I'm saying, God, I know your word, there's some scriptures and we're going to talk about it this morning that um, talk about us being the salt and the light. And so I just want to expand a little bit on the salt aspect this morning so that we can catch something. And here, here I've just put some salt in a little container here. And um, salt can look really beautiful, quite bland if you just look at it on the table like that a mound of white salt. And it doesn't really serve any purpose there, but it serves a purpose when it's used. So anyway, there it is, if you don't know what salt is. So let's go straight in. In Mark chapter 9, I'm going to read from the, uh, not the Passion, the Amplified Mark chapter 9, looking at verse 49 and 50. These are the type of scriptures, I think, when we're reading through the Gospels, that we, we go through very quickly and we go, oh, he wants us to be salt in the earth. Awesome. You know, wow, salt. And we, we know what salt does and we take it. But I want to just go a little deeper this morning. So... Let's just read verse 49. It says, For everyone shall be salted with fire. Have you ever heard that? Salted with fire. Verse 50 says, Salt is good. It's beneficial. But if salt has lost its saltness, how will you restore the saltness to it? Have salt within yourselves and be at peace and live in harmony with one another. Okay? In the Passion Translation, it says it like this. 
Everyone will pass through the fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is excellent for seasoning, but if salt becomes tasteless, how can its flavor ever be restored? Your lives, like salt, are to be seasoned and preserved. So don't lose your flavor and preserve the peace in your union with one another. So there's a lot more than just being seasoned with salt. Can you see that? And in some Greek manuscripts, it says it like this, that everyone, everyone will be salted with fire. And that means unbelievers, well, what's the fire that unbelievers will go through? We don't like to talk about it. But it's eternal fire. And so they're going to be salted in their own way with fire. But believers, through God's refining fire, and it's a holy love, we are being salted with fire. In the old days, well, and now, animals are killed and then immediately salted to preserve the meat. Is that right? Sorry, can I ask if that door can be closed, if, it, if you don't mind? Animals will be killed, were killed, and then immediately salted to preserve the meat. How many of us do that for a bri? We take the meat out, the fire's going, what do we do? We get some bri salt. What does it do? It starts to give flavor, and it preserves it. But at this time, I'm thinking, dried meat, salted meat. Mm. Let me see what I have, Grant. Oh, look at this, look at this. There we go. He can nibble on some salted meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sherry gets good. Would you all like a piece, eh? <laughs> so if Casey was here, she'd be doing a nut. That biltong was in my zip-top handbag through worship, and Casey was worshiping, and she could smell it. She's going, there's biltong here, there's biltong here. I went, shh, Dad doesn't know, Dad doesn't know. <laughs> She's a girl after her father's heart with coke and biltong, hey? Anyway, so, so in the natural, we salt meat, and then I had this beautiful thought that um, Jesus gave his life up for us. He was the ultimate sacrifice. We have died in Christ, and now the old no longer lives, and we have to remind ourselves every day we wake up, because it's not the first thought that we have when we wake up, is it? It's not the first thought. It's, uh, what is the first thought when you wake up? It's, it's your situation, it's life, it's how your emotional state is. It's not the first thought, but I want it to be the first thought, okay? So the old no longer lives, and we've been raised up. His raised life seasons our lives with salt and preserves us forever. Done deal. So he is our salt. He preserves his flavor in us. And our saltiness now, oh, now we're salty, okay, is for others. Okay, we're preserved forever. The saltiness of heaven. But now our saltiness is to season and preserve everybody and everywhere we go. Okay, our saltiness seasons others and preserves others. Okay? So in biblical times, so I'm just wetting the appetite here because I was thinking, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah, but there's got to be something more. There's always something more. you just got to search for it. And um, in biblical times, I've discovered that, and you probably know about it, 
the salt covenant. How many knows about the salt covenant in biblical times? Anybody heard of a salt covenant? Yes, Avis? Yay, you did Bible school. I know you did. <laughs> okay, so in biblical times, in the Old Testament, we see a salt covenant being made. Now, what is that? <laughs> a salt covenant. In Numbers 18, 19, God promised Aaron, okay, and his children that the priesthood would remain in their lineage, okay? And it was sealed with a salt covenant, okay? You can read it. It's all there. The same with King David. Through the prophet Nathan, <laughs> God assured David that the kingship would never depart from his house and his lineage. And we see that in 2 Samuel 7 verse 16. But then later in 2 Chronicles, it says um, that same story, it was referred to as having been forged with a covenant of salt. See, there's more to just, hey, he just thought of salt and light. Hey, just be the salt and light. No, there's a lot more going on here. In Leviticus 2 verse 13, every offering sacrifice that was made, whether it was an animal sacrifice or even a grain offering, had to be salted first before it was given. Why? Isn't it amazing? So what, is it, what does it mean? And so after a little bit of study, it shows me that indicating, it indicates an eternal, everlasting, preserved covenant between God and man. So, you know, the Old Testament, the biblical times, the Jewish culture, lots of symbolism there. Okay, they, they, they know about this. It's just part of their culture. It should be part of ours now. So, um, and in biblical times as well, a covenant was often, well, most times, accompanied by a meal. And salt was used symbolically to represent a long-lasting covenant between the people eating together. Wow. Now, what is don't forsake the gathering, okay? And what does it say in Acts? Devote yourselves to the fellowship of the saints. It brings new meaning for me. Oh, come over for a bride. Okay, when you sit, put the salt on the table. What does it really mean? It brings new meaning to, hey, pass the salt. Okay? <laughs> Hey, just pass the salt, hey, Connor. Okay? No, no, no. The salt is there for a purpose. And now we bring that into our culture. Because what is our culture? It's a bringing culture. It's a going culture. It's being salt and light culture in every sphere of our lives. I'm challenged this morning. And in, our, in the worship this morning, I had to make the shift from my emotions to truth. I think most times I have to do that. I don't just come and lead worship because, hey, it's cool, I'm a lead worshiper. And that's what I do, and I've done it for years and years and years. It's not something we switch on and off, but it's something we move into from flesh to spirit because I know that worshiping together, we worship him in spirit, not in my flesh and my emotional state of being. Like what you're feeling when you walked in the doors, oh my gosh, no, I can't, I can't, I just can't. I'm down, my head's down. Oh, this is so good what's happening here, but I just can't, I can't feel you. I cannot feel you. 
I can't live my life like that. I have to make the choice because I am spirit first. Uh, flesh and soul after the choice that my spirit has made. And that is the war that goes on here. It's the mind and the spirit, the mind and the spirit. And when you said yesterday is gone or forgotten or whatever you said earlier, um, it is. It's yesterday. It's the past. And all things have passed away. What happened five minutes ago has passed away. I'm a new creation right now. And what are you saying right now to me? Oh, no, but life is pulling here, and I haven't got finances to do what I really wanted to do today. Oh, wake up, Jane. You're a spirit, man. You're not just Grant's wife who wants to bless. You're not just, you're not just a lead uh, elder's wife here in, in a church of, I don't know how I can't count. Um, there, there's so much more. And every one of you, you can look at your circumstances at times and go, oh my word, I'm overwhelmed, my emotions, I can't even get there. Because it's faith that pleases God, I can't even get there. And so we just like spiral down one day at a time, or one hour at a time, until someone needs to scrape me off and pick me up again. But I'm just, I don't know why I'm going here, but it, there's, a, there's a, a beautiful openness and honesty, a transparency before God every time you wake up Every minute of the day, we have the choice to say, I am not going to be living with, from my mind. I'm living from my spirit. I'm not going to be living from my flesh, but from my spirit. Okay? Right. So, <laughs> so in the New Covenant now, because there's a lot in the Old Testament, and you can go and look for it yourselves. It's really incredible. Um, and even just reading the Jewish culture, what goes on there, it's phenomenal. Um, and in the New Covenant, we see Jesus tells us to be salt and light. And what I found so beautiful in the note of the, of the Passion Translation, I think in Matthew 5, 13 to 16, in the note it says that in biblical times, salt was added to the wick of a candle. How many of you knew that? I didn't. Salt was put on the wick of a candle to do what? What does salt do to that wick? It makes it burn brighter. That's what they would do. I was too scared to do that. I was, after yesterday with all the props that Michelle had, I was like, I'm going to have props, but this is my prop. Salt. Yeah, start, eh? But to do a candle, and I was going to try and do that, but, you know, it's so light in here. But I, and burning my hands, I was a bit scared. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn to Colossians 4. I love Colossians. I'm going to read, let's just see, Colossians 4 from verse 3. Um, and it says, And at the same time, pray for us also, that God may open a door to us for the word, the gospel. Wow, just stop there a minute. Pray for us also that God may open a door to us for the word, the gospel. If we're going to be a people who have a bringing culture, and we're going we're gonna to unpack that over the weeks, bringing culture, bringing our family, like Jess said this morning, think of the names that are in your mind and, and pray for these people that we can actually bring. 
if we are purposeful about this and intentional, we are to pray about these things. Pray for an open door. How many of us do that every day? Do we pray for an open door to share the gospel? Let's do it more. Verse 4, that I may proclaim it fully and make it clear to speak boldly and unfold that mystery as is my duty. Verse 5, behave yourselves wisely. <laughs> behave yourselves wisely, living prudently and with discretion in your relations with those of the outside world, the non-Christians, the unbelievers, making the very most of the time and seizing or buying up the opportunity. Let your speech at all times be gracious, pleasant, and winsome, seasoned, as it were, with salt, so that you may never be at a loss to know how you ought to answer anyone who puts a question to you. Let me read it in, I think it's the Passion Translation, I wrote this. Walk in the wisdom of God as you live before the unbelievers. And make it your duty to make him known. Let every word you speak be drenched, there's that drenched word again, with grace and tempered with truth and clarity. For then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. The salt. So be, to be seasoned with salt is to be friendly to be clear, and to make people thirsty for truth. Isn't that amazing? To be seasoned with salt, to make people thirsty for truth. So my life can make Susie <laughs> thirsty for salt. We've got to call in that Susie, because somewhere along the line, Susie's going to come to church, <laughs> and we're going to love her. <laughs> Now, Grant always uses Susie when he thinks of somebody, for those that don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so what happens when we eat salty foods? We become thirsty. If we remain salted by him and season and preserve others, they will become thirsty for the water of life. Come on, hey? That's so good. And I know I, I, it seems like I'm going a little bit off track here, but I, this came to me when I was just um, dwelling on the whole um, speech being seasoned, and, and, and I, I, the word sarcasm came to me. And I thought, well, I don't really want to talk about sarcasm, but I just did a little bit of a study, and uh, I want to just maybe go there because it might help some of us. Um, sarcasm is to speak bitterly. It's to sneer. And the, the original Greek meaning is to literally cut or to strip off flesh. Hey? I'm not trying to bring a heavy. Because there's a difference between a sense of humor and sarcasm. Okay? But I really felt we had to, I had to go here. So it's to literally cut off or strip off flesh. And so people who operate in sarcasm, um, and sometimes it slips out in all of us. I'm not saying we're all like sarcastic in everything we do. We're not, because we don't want to be like that. But when it comes out, just 
check yourself out because it usually comes from an insecure place. It usually comes from like being passive aggressive, okay? Just that quiet inner torment that you have. And then if you're a little bit socially awkward with people, sometimes sarcasm comes out. But before you let it come out, think about this because it's not genuine, it's hurtful. And sarcasm damages relationships. It, it yeah. And it, it counters compassion, all right? So if, you, if you're sarcastic and you're jesting because you don't know really how to be with this person, so you just be sarcastic, it counters compassion. And it's opposite to forgiveness. So how can we be salt when that's coming out? This is not condemnation, hey, guys. This is encouragement for all of us because we can all go there when we're feeling insecure, socially awkward, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, and then sarcasm robs us of joy. Wow. It robs us of joy. And I, I found frob, um, proverbs, you know, <laughs> proverbs, you know. <laughs> it's, the, it's the new one. <laughs> proverbs, Proverbs 14, <laughs> verse 10 says, The heart knows its own bitterness, and a stranger does not share its joy. So there's a scripture for sarcasm, okay? So yeah, think about that. All right, we'll move on to something else, okay? <laughs> In James chapter 3, it talks about the tongue. I don't have time to go into all of that. We know that um, the tongue, how can you have clean water and dirty water coming out of the same mouth and, and all of that? And the tongue is the most, the tongue is a fire. Uh, I'm, I'm saying today, let the tongue, let your tongue be salted with fire. Don't let it be a, f a dangerous fire that gets out of control with gossip and slander and whatever and hurtful things, but let it be salted with the fire of the kingdom of God, okay? And like in the natural, it's like if you have a sore throat and all the mums and the older ladies will know this one, okay? If you have a sore throat or an ulcer on the tongue, what do we tell our kids to do? Gargle with salt water, <laughs> Because it heals. It's a natural healer. Okay, so kind words and clear, genuine words are healing. And it preserves. It preserves friendships. Wow. So, so we're on a mission. The Great Commission. <laughs> yes, to go into every sphere of life. Every village, town, and city, and nation to preach the gospel so that lives may be saved by Jesus Christ, to make disciples. That's our mandate. That's our mission for every single... If you want to know what your purpose is, okay, that's what it is. It's to go and make disciples in every sphere of your life, every village, town, city, nation, to preach the gospel, and there's so much more with that, just to bring the kingdom and to make disciples. So how do I stay salty and not lose my flavor? The Bible says, don't lose your saltiness. Don't lose that flavor. Well, I think it's by being and continuing to be a living sacrifice. Jesus was the ultimate one-time sacrifice for all of us. But now we live daily and daily die so that daily we rise in Christ. Okay, so it, we, we have made that decision once and for all, our response to Jesus, 
but we daily die because we daily have to put off the old and put on the new. It's that we, it's just an action we do. We know it's inside here. We know we've got it forever, but we have to. In order to live on this earth, we need to do that. And it's by being a living sacrifice for him, seasoned by him every day. I live dead to myself and alive to Jesus Christ. And that, let that be something you wake up with. I'm dead to myself. I don't want to be self-absorbed. I don't want the day to run around just me. Because if you start thinking like that, I'm talking to myself, yeah. You start spiraling. Because it's not who you're, you're born to be. It's not who you are. You're, you've stepped back into the old self and said, oh, that old nature is a little insecure, needs to be loved right now. No, 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 no. You don't. We don't take a bit of the world's love and put it onto our new nature and say, that must work here. We can't do that. I've been challenged. I've been listening to um, oh, Dan Mola. Please do yourself a favor. And one of his things in January, he spoke about uh, making him known. So I thought, oh, yay, disciples, yay, making him known. I start listening, and he starts like that, and then he goes into what love really is. And I know some of you have listened to him, but you, it's something you need to listen to over and over again, because we can't. Let me say that again, because it was so powerful. Whether it's loving your husband, loving your children, loving one another, whatever it is, in whatever sphere of love, okay, whatever love can look like, we can't take the world's counterfeit of what love looks like and what it should be, very needy and self-absorbed, and attach it onto our way of new living. We, it doesn't work. So that we wonder why we are, but I've got a new nature. I'm living for Jesus, but I'm being pulled. The only reason is, is because we're pulling a, lot, a, a set of, of ways and ideas and formulas because that's the way we think. But if you go back to Genesis, where it all started before Eve actually, I'm going on another tangent here. I'm doing a grant. Before Adam knew Eve, before she was even formed, what did love look like in a man that was made in the image of God? I'm not going to go into there because it can unpack beautiful but hectic stuff that just challenges your every thought you've ever had, everything you've ever read, even Christian books on marriage and everything like that, you know, what? you can't take the world's stuff and then coat it with Christianity words. You can't do that, it doesn't work. So I'm not saying we've all got it because we, it's a daily thing, you've got to choose it, you've got to choose it and remind yourself who you are, whose you are, who you are, what you call to. Anyway, that's awesome. So, um, so he cannot, Jesus, he cannot and will not be an add-on to your life. He cannot and he will not be an add-on to your life. He desires your all or nothing at all. The word says that. He desires everything, but if you can't do everything, he'd rather not have anything of you. So he's the salt in our lives, and he seasons us, and he preserves us so that we can be salt in others' lives. 
preserving things like love and truth and peace with others and seasoning them with Christ. I have a childhood memory, and I'm so excited for this week because we're also going to be celebrating an anniversary this week. And um, so we've decided to go down to Durban and swim in the waves. That's, that's what we're doing. We're going to walk on the beach and get salty. So I have this childhood memory of swimming and jumping in the waves at the sea. Picture yourself, because we've all done this, hopefully. If not, you can come with. No. <laughs> okay. Picture yourself swimming and jumping in the waves at the sea. The current and the force of the waves knocking you over and over and under. Costumes going everywhere. Okay, been there, done that. Where does the sand go? We don't want to talk about it. And then you get a rush of salty seawater in your nose, in your throat. Hey, can you taste it? Okay, come, do you want to lick this? You can taste it. And your eyes start stinging. Okay. I love that feeling. I know we're all saying, no, no. I love that feeling. And your hair is salty and there's sand in that and you just look a mess, but it's the best feeling ever. Boogie boards are gone down the south coast. <laughs> and I just, when I thought about this memory, I felt Holy Spirit say, maybe it's time for a salt flush. You know? Maybe it's time for a salt flush again of seawater, salt water, to taste what it's like to be salty for Jesus. Mm. You know? Maybe have our eyes burn a little, burn with the fire for him. And maybe having our bodies tingle and uh, radiate with the sun. You know the beautiful glistening sun on the sea? There's nothing like it. Um, you can see I love the ocean. <laughs> But when your bodies tingle and just radiate with that beachy, sun, salty water feeling, I think the Lord's just saying that today, that uh, just feel that, feel those five senses again with that salt flush of His Spirit. And, uh, you know, when, you, when you're dead to yourself and when you remind yourself daily that you've died in Christ and now have, are living a new life in Him, you're always thinking outside of yourself. Because when you're dead, you're not thinking of yourself. But you're always thinking outside of yourself and alive unto him. You're always thinking of others. You're always thinking of others. You're always thinking of others. We're always bringing others. We're always going to others. And when our sight and our smell and everything is about the saltiness that God has put in our hearts for the Great Commission, we're no longer absorbed here with what's going on. And what's going on doesn't even, it's not even relevant to why you are on this earth. It's not even relevant. It loses its importance. That loses its flavor. And that's the, the most beautiful thing about it. And so um, when we were away the last couple of days just with Ryan and at those meetings, it was beautiful. He mentioned something about not forsaking the gathering and why do we come together? And I want to end with this because can you sense in corporate worship this morning, there's like a, a swirl that comes from under and it just keeps going up and up and up. 
And in worship, I mean, it was even in the first song we were in, and I, I felt like, and again, a sea analogy, but I saw a whale. You know how whales, those killer whales come up, and they're massive beings, but they are coming up so fast underneath the sea, underneath the surface, and then they just break through into the air and just collapse again on the sea waves. I mean, it's just the most beautiful thing to see, and that was like that surge. That's what happens in corporate worship, when the presence of God is swirling and stirring, what is it for? What is it for? And you can be at home just with you and Jesus, and that's very precious, but it's not what he says he wants it to look like. He loves you. He loves the times alone with you, but he wants you to be together because when we're in the corporate state with each other, the Bible says we're to stir one another up to love and good works. You can't do that on your own. You need others. And that's why the encouragement for me to you, and I've received encouragement today in the corporate sense of our worship together. I'm stirred this morning, so you be stirred, to continue to be salty love to everyone that you come across. Be salty love to your spouse and your children, the one next to you, the ones closest to you even, but even the ones afar. Be salty love and do good works. Not because of the law, but because of the grace of God that we want. We are empowered by grace to do this. So lift your hands this morning one last time before we have awesome cake. And I want you to just receive the grace of God right now. The grace of God. Just the grace of God. Jesus, your grace. It's by your grace we've been saved. It's by your grace that every day when we wake up, we know in our spirit man why we were born. Thank you for our purpose as a church in this region, in this community, and in this nation. And Father, let the salt of who you are touch every life that we come into contact with. I pray for every single person here that their purpose in God would never be the same again, that we would be so salted with fire and have a passion to live for you. Whatever sphere we're in, whatever we're doing, whatever job we have, whatever family we have, whatever career we have, whatever education we have, it's submitted under the seasoning of the salt of heaven. And God, we don't want to move from that place ever. So we remind each other and stir each other up today that we have been called to go and make disciples. And so again, part B we just receive that mandate in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. My sense of humor was to, while you were in the glory there, just to throw some salt over you. But it might go in your eyes, hey? So I won't do that. Just be seasoned with salt, okay? Maybe the front row would like some, hey? Be seasoned with salt. <laughs> okay? There we go. Amen. Be blessed, family.